Hello, friends and neighbors. This is David Smith of Illinois Family Action with a special edition for our Spotlight Podcast. Recently, I gave a Sunday morning exhortation at my church, and since we've captured the audio, I thought we could post it as a special edition for those who may be interested. In this exhortation, I urge Christians to be sober and alert regarding our adversary, the devil. Spiritual warfare is real. Principalities and powers want to draw us away from God and his ways and his commands and into snares and traps. Lies and deceit are all around us. Jesus warned us about him. We would do well to heed his admonitions. So, without further delay, here is the exhortation. My exhortation this morning is, uh, I've titled, The Liar. But um, the verse on the screen is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth and sell it not. Um, my daughter asked me, was that Yoda writing that? You know, sell it not. But... Um, funny. Uh, one of the Irish folk songs that I get a kick out of was written and sung by a guy named Tommy Makem. Anyone know that name, Tommy Makem? All right, just my kids, of course. <laughs> uh, while his politics were certainly left of center in the, in the 60s, it's interesting to note how his worldview was influenced by the Irish Catholic culture he grew up in. And the song that I'm talking about is called, it's titled, The Liar. And the second stanza of, the, of this humorous song goes like this. I saw Eve go picking apples off a tree. She came over and she offered one to me. I turned and said, dear madam, go try your luck with Adam. I'm going home to have some fish and chips and tea. <laughs> In other words, I wasn't even around, right? Here's the, li the liar lying about the situation. Hey, I wasn't involved, right? And then the chorus goes like this. Singing, rightful Turalati Turali, there's no one who can tell a lie like me. You can search until you tire. You won't find a bigger liar. I've been lying since the dawn of history. And, of course, you know what the song's about, right? It's about Lucifer. Satan, the devil himself. He's also known as the accuser, our adversary, an angel of light, Beelzebub, the enemy, the evil one, the lawless one, ruler of the darkness, serpent of old, the tempter, thief, and wicked one. Well, Jesus makes Satan's reputation crystal clear in John chapter 8. In this chapter, we find Jesus having a very contentious dialogue with the Pharisees, who self-righteously boast to be sons of God. Well, Jesus sets them straight, saying in verse 42 through 47, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? Is it because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. The devil was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks, he speaks a lie. 
He speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And then further down, Jesus in verse 47 points out, He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Uh, That probably can go very good with uh, Greg's (laughs) sermon series on listening to God. But when you step back and look at this chapter of 8, you, you, ouch, right? I mean, that's pretty brutal, Jesus. I mean, he's being really kind of tough. Well, and it doesn't end in those verses that I, I just read, because at the end of the conversation, the Pharisees become murderously angry with Jesus, looking to stone him, right? But the harsh words of Jesus are not what I want to talk about today. I've been thinking about our adversary for some time now, and how he is working over time to sell us lie after lie after lie. Jesus identifies him as the father of lies. And some synonyms of the word liar include cheat, con artist, perjurer, phony, fabricator, and false witness. Deceiver is another descriptive word that defines well the work of the devil. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines deceit as literally a catching or an ensnaring, hence the misleading of a person, the leading of another person to believe what is false or not to believe what is true, and thus to ensnare him, fraud, fallacy, cheat, any declaration, artifice, or practice which misleads another person or causes him to believe what is false. False. The Greek word apate refers to deceit and deceitfulness. Now, one of the most remarkable things about the use of this word in Scripture is that the majority use concerns the deceitfulness of sin and not the deceitfulness as sin. You get that? Deceitfulness as sin is telling you lies. The deceitfulness of sin is sin lying to you. There is, of course, Christ's reference of the deceitfulness of riches in his parable in Matthew 13, 22, which he says, And the one whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it became unfruitful. That parable is also found in Mark 4. In Hebrews, we again find the word apate, where it says, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin lies. Sin is a deceiver. Paul explains to us that our lusts are deceitful and lie to us. Paul uses the word apate again in his letter to the Ephesians, saying, Lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you renew in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Then we see the word apate come up again in the letter to the Colossians, where they are warned, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, 
according to the traditions of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. This is nothing new. As the song says, Satan has been lying since the dawn of history. Literally. Literally. If you look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, we're told, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the tree of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. Hmm. We can see how skillful he is. Planting doubts. He is the enemy of God. And we need to remember Jesus, what he warned us. He said, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks, he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. Why is this important? Think about the flip side of this. Jesus tells us that he is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Satan is the liar. Knowing the truth is vitally important for every Christian. We live out what we believe to be true. And this affects every aspect of our lives and the lives of those who we come in contact with. We know that God wants us to diligently seek him. Why? Because when we are actively seeking him, we find the author and source of all truth. Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14 says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you. Deuteronomy 4, 29 says, But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and soul. And then in John chapter 8, 31 and 32 So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Knowing the truth, knowing God's word and perfect will informs our worldview and helps us avoid Satan's snares and helps identify his lies. Being raised in a Christian family, going to church, and reading the Bible is essential in helping us identify some of Satan's lies. I say some because there's certain ones we may not be aware of. Dr. Albert Moeller serves as president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kentucky. He records and publishes a daily podcast commentary on news and events from a Christian worldview. The topics he covers are part of the cosmic battle between truth and lies. Some of the issues he has covered recently clearly demonstrate the struggle 
our world is going through at the moment. For example, this past week, he highlighted stories that include this. I'm just going to run through a list real quick. A lawsuit seeking a declaration of personhood for elephants at the Bronx Zoo. (laughs) The divisions in the Anglican Church over a biblical view of marriage. The seven-year-old gender-confused boy in Texas. The supposed divinity of Japan's emperor. Legalized abortion and same-sex mirage in Northern Ireland. The changing religious landscape of America. And then California's new law mandating abortion pills on every public university campus in the state. I highly recommend this daily podcast, 20 to 25 minutes a day, for you and your family. I'm going to turn to a former commentator. You ever heard of Paul Harvey, the rest of the story? Well, he was a well-known and much-loved national radio commentator and syndicated columnist. He wrote and recorded a social commentary back in 1965 titled, If I Were the Devil. Anyone here remember that? Okay. Yeah, a couple of you. Well, over the years, Mr. Harvey updated this essay to include contemporary issues He passed away, I think, in 1995, if I remember correctly. But in it, Mr. Harvey highlights and attributes many of our culture's social ills to the deceptive work of the father of lies. I'm going to read it to you. This is his social commentary. Paul Harvey. If I were the prince of darkness, I would want to engulf the whole world in darkness I'd have a third of its real estate, four-fifths of its population, but I would not be happy until I seize the ripest apple on the tree, thee. So, I would set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first, and I would begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whisper to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince the children that man created God instead of the other way around. I confide that what is bad is good and what is good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me. Our Father, which is in Washington, which art in Washington. Then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each, in turn, was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellect, but neglect to discipline emotions. I'd tell teachers to let those students run wild. And before you knew it, you'd have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing and judges promoting pornography. Soon I would evict God from the courthouse and the schoolhouse and then from the houses of Congress. In churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. 
I'd lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who, had, who have, I would take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What do you bet I'd get whole states to promote gambling as ways to get rich? I'd convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, and that what you see on television is the way to be. And thus, I could undress you in public and lure you into bed with diseases for which there are no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Pretty relevant, wouldn't you say? Kind of a prophet. Well, many of us can clearly see how the devil was busy, is busily engaged in this work and in these ways in our culture. We recognize many of these snares and lies that our neighbors buy readily. However, if we're honest, we are susceptible to believing other deceptions that are tailored just for us. And worse yet, we too often rationalize our own sinful thoughts and actions as we accept the lies Satan is selling us. And boy, do we have excuses, don't we? If I had a dollar for every time I heard one of my kiddos say, it's not my fault, I'd be a much wealthier man. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I got the New King James up there too because I really like that. That's the way I remember it. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We are too easily misled or too willing to cooperate with the father of lies. These are among the reasons why we, we are warned to lean not on our own understanding, but to trust in the Lord. So what kind of lies do we entertain and accept? Well, one of them, how about follow your heart? Follow your heart. Isn't that what the world tells us? Well, we just read what the heart is. It's desperately wicked. How about we're all God's children? And I, I'm frustrated with this one because I've heard Christians Use this all the time. We're all God's children. Well, in Ephesians 2.3, we are told that before being born again, we were by nature children of wrath. And in 1 John 3.10, we're told, by this, the children of God and the children of the devil, so there's two different, we're not all children of God, but the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. And then, of course, on the flip side, we have John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, but as many as received him. Okay, you've got to receive him first. To them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believed in his name. Galatians 4, verses 5 and 6 that we might receive the adoption of sons. Because, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So before we're born again, before we're redeemed, 
we are children of wrath. We are sons of the devil. After adoption, <laughs> after adoption, then we can be called children of God. How about the lie, I can do it on my own? Well, Scripture says in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. No, brothers and sisters, we can't do anything on our own. Anything good. Anything good on our own, no, not apart from God. And then Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. So we may be wanting to do what's good, but if we do it in the flesh, it isn't good. If we do it in the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, it is good. How about the lie? God could never use someone like me. How about that lie? You think a lot of Christians buy that one? Well, 1 Corinthians 1.27 says, But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. If you think you're weak and foolish, guess what? You can be used by God. Okay? How about the lie that says, I have no value? Well, Psalm 139 tells us that each one of us were knit together by God Almighty and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God pre prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. God has a purpose for each one of us. How about the, the lie that you, you should worry about the economy, your health, your situation, and the crazy world of politics? I threw that in because of me. All right? So Matthew 10.31 says what? We're more valuable than sparrows. Don't worry. Psalm 37, verse 7 and 8 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. Twice it says that in this passage. Do not fret. It only leads to evil doing. And how about the lie that says you're all alone? Well, Norm Wakefield gave a sermon here back in April 2016 titled Living Confidently in Christ. One of my all-time favorite sermons. In this sermon, he outlines the many times that God tells us, I will never leave you or forsake you. If you struggle with this lie of Satan, that you're all alone, I recommend that you listen to this amazing sermon on our YouTube channel over and over again until the devil flees. In it, he says this, John 14 and I will pray the Father, this is Jesus talking, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. You're not alone. How about the lie that says you are not gifted or special? Well, since we each have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us by God Almighty, each of us is to exercise them in the body. 
Romans 12, verses 6 through 8 says, If it's prophecy, according to the proportion of your faith. If it's service, in serving. How about teaching? Well, teach. How about exhortation? Exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And how about John chapter 14, verse 12? Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Greater works. Don't tell me you're not special or gifted, because the Father can work through you. How about the lie that says, I know the Bible and what it means to be Christian well enough. I don't need to read the Bible regularly. The first three verses of Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in the season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. A couple points from this passage. We have to recognize that we are surrounded and even bombarded with messages of the ungodly every day. The lies of Satan are bombarding us. To counter these lies, we are told that blessings are found in meditating on God's word day and night. And in verse 3 here, we have amazing imagery. We're told that we will be like a tree who has a steady stream of water nourishing us. What tree could ask for more? Right? A steady stream. But what if that stream dries up? What happens if, if our source of spiritual life and nourishment dries up? I can go on listing various lies that Christians tend to fall for. Interestingly, on Friday afternoon, I texted a few Christian leaders I know, asking them what they thought were the biggest lies Christians tend to fall for. And you know what? It's interesting. No one had the same answer. It was, it was a variety of things that they saw in our culture, in their churches, their surrounding and family. I'm going to read a few of them. So these are Satan lies. How about this? There is more to salvation than faith in Christ. Lie. Pastors are infallible. Lie. (laughs) Everything will go well or be easy once I become a Christian. Lie. I can get close to sin without actually sinning. Lie. I am not supposed to suffer. Lie. We can take Jesus as Savior, but lordship is optional. Lie. We can never, we should never judge others. Lie. God wants me saved and happy. He's not all that concerned about my holiness. Lie. All sin is the same in the eyes of God. Lie. This sin won't hurt anyone. Lie. God doesn't care about fill-in-the-blank. Lie. We are to turn to God 
to find answers to this, these distortions. We are to satisfy our curiosity by turning to the Bible for answers. We are to seek truth by drawing close to God and meditating on his word day and night. John seventeen seventeen tells us that his word is truth. Do you believe that? Unfortunately, increasing number of Christians are turning to the world to answer the basic questions of life. No, we're to, we are to search scripture and lean on the wisdom found therein. With the assistance of the Holy Spirit, we are then better able to recognize the snares and lies of Satan. And we're not to trust our own thinking. God's word is crystal clear here. Isaiah 55, my thoughts are not your thoughts, thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We're to work out our own salvation in part by resisting the devil, submitting ourselves to God, and by walking in his ways. We're told to put on the armor of God and use the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the evil ones. Those are the lies that he keeps throwing at you, right? In addition to that, we have to test our beliefs continually and rigorously against the only standard that counts, the Bible. We must be careful not to be deceived by our own heart, emotions, or experience, right? 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Test the spirits. Acts 17, 11 says something similar. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Test the spirits. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Right? What is, what, what is the memory verse of the month? Cling to God. Right? Hold fast to that which is good. Test the spirits. So let me close with this verse, this section of verse uh, of, of um, Paul's letter to Timothy in chapter 3. He says, Paul says to Timothy, you, okay, let's put ourselves in Timothy's spot. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Would you pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, you are saying very loud and clear to this congregation, listen to me. You are telling us your word is where you speak to us. Father, are we listening? Lord, help us to be in your word day after day, knowing it. Lord, 
you would bring everything we read back to our remembrance with the help of the Holy Spirit. We praise you for that. We thank you for that. Lord, but we need to be in the word to know it in the first place. I pray, Lord Jesus, that every single family here, that you would impress your word on our hearts, in our minds. Lord, help us to remember them at every turn, at every dilemma, at every choice that we have in this world. Will you please go before us? Lord, help us. Help us to fear you. Help us to obey your commands. Help us to, to cling to you and to obey what you've called us to obey. I pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, the King of Kings. Amen. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.